Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us here on this Wednesday evening, or if you're tuning in to us on all your favorite podcast platforms as well, too. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, we, a lot of people consider it the dull time in sports, but there's still quite a bit to talk about as well, too. We're definitely not sure on any storylines going in this week. Man, storylines is all we're filled with today. I feel like we have storylines coming out of the wazoo at, at this point. We have so many things happening that is just going to impact the landscape of every single sport right now. Uh, the only one that maybe isn't impacted is the NHL, and that's because they just crowned their Stanley Cup champion. Uh, by the way, cra- congratulations to the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche on that one. But yeah, no, this is this is like this is storyline central. This is that that time before really things start kicking off, and then. Everything has to happen right now because we got off seasons coming up. We have trade deadlines starting, or, or you know, being able to teams making roster moves. It's just a, it's a wild time now. Absolutely, as well. Do you know why not? We don't need to wait any longer. We're going to go and jump right into the first, our first segment of every show, and that is known as the tip off. The tip off, of course, brought to you by Doctor Squatch. Smell like a man, feel like a champion. Get that special scent for that special someone in your life. Click the link in our bio. It'll take you right there as well too. And, you kind of mentioned it. We're going into the NBA offseason. It's been just a few weeks since we saw since we saw the champions crowned. And you know what? We already got some drama as well, too. I feel like the old cliche, the NBA offseason, is arguably better than the actual season sometimes as well, too, with all the things that happen as well, too. And it is starting off quick, fast, and in a hurry so far this, so far this year. And I'm going to point out to the, very, the one that sticks out to me right away, and we'll work our way around the horn. But Bradley Beal, he's been talked about for trade rumors for – what was it like five years now? It feels like as well too, just because he's always that good. And the wizards are always that bad. It's like, just put the, put this walking bucket on any team and let watch them contend. Well, now he's declining the player option. He is going to hit the open market now as well too. And there's 30, 30 teams out there that would definitely enjoy his services as well too. So he will definitely have his litter to pick from. I'm glad you, you corrected yourself there. Literally every team in the league wants this man on their team. Uh, and honestly, wizards fans right now are probably crying and they're like, Oh, not Bradley, not Bradley. Finally, like this is the day they've all been dreading. Is is the 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 moment Bradley Bill is is going to walk away from the team because he's been a stalwart for this for this Wizards team. And honestly, he probably should have been gone from the Wizards two seasons ago, a season ago, maybe uh, four, a, a half a season ago, maybe two and a half. Whatever you want to say, like he should have been out somewhere else at at some point in time. And unfortunately, here he is still having to make this decision to to kind of walk away from a contract here, um, which unfortunately does prevent him from getting a a super max. At this point, he can still get a max contract. He can't get a super max by walking away, though, um, which is the only disappointing thing, unless he resigns with the Wizards. 
but yeah, no, this is a great move for Bill. Uh, get this man, any team, all 30, the whole league at this mm. point in time. You know what? Call up the J League, call up the KBL. They all want him to. Mm. Uh, everybody wants this man playing in their league um, because Bradley Bill is a scorer at heart and he is a great teammate to have, great kind of kind of representative of your ball club too. So yeah, he's a... He's on his move. I honestly don't have any predictions on where he's going because it's it is a crapshoot. It's who wants to throw the most amount of bags that this man is going to get his is going to get his services. I think you kind of described too. He is a bucket. He is a good ball handler, a decent defender, a little small for a two, but a decent defender. And he's a great ambassador as well too. As coaches the AAU team, there's still that one outstanding audio clip where he looked at everybody's base like, "And if you're going to take me one on one, I don't think so because that's if you can't take me one on one, you can't make the league. So you better have a plan B, basically." Basically, more or less the gist of what he said as well, too. There's still that epic, basically viral vi- clip of him. You mentioned you don't really have any predictions for him as well, too. So I'm going to throw out a couple of them as well, too, <laughs> just to have a few. One team that's very interesting, it's a team that needs another superstar. They need somebody to get a bucket. They're known for pulling big free agents. I think Miami Heat could be very interesting to look at. The Heat culture, the Pat Riley, Jimmy Butler, Adebayo. They needed somebody else who can get any sort of bucket whatsoever in the playoffs besides Jimmy because – Bam was too hit or miss. Tyler Hero was not a hero. Whatever cliche you want to use, Kyle Lowry can stay healthy. <laughs> Bradley Beal and Jimmy Buckets, that's quite the dynamic duo, and they've done this thing before, so that's not a bad option for him as well. He didn't mention when he left the money behind. I w- I can't end my career knowing that I didn't give myself the best chance to win. They were, what would you say, like a Jimmy Bucket three away from the finals? Like That's that's yeah. how close they were already, and they were they, they were there's a lot of missing parts on that team as well too, so there's an option that I could see as well too. I can see Portland is another very out there option as well, too. I mean, you have Dame Lillard, who will be coming back healthy next year. They just got Jeremy Grant and are still looking to shop that top 10 pick as well, too, to maybe get a player. Then you add in Bradley Beal. See, Dame and CJ McCollum was fun. Dame and Bradley Beal, Lord. I mean, won't the defensive <laughs> back, well, defensive-wise won't be that great, but offensively, good luck, everybody else. So there's a couple of options that kind of stand out to me. That And then, of course, there's always the Lakers every time there's a big free agent available. The Lakers are always tied to them. I don't know how they would pay them. I don't like, yeah. they would have to do some Los Angeles Rams BS to manipulate the salary cap and pay everybody. But you know what? The, the Rams are just a hop, step, and a skip away. So maybe they find a way to pull it off. But those are a few you know, teams I, that I, stick out for me. I, I actually like the fact that you threw out the, the fact that the Lakers have to throw some, some cap changes around there. Because I do want to talk about the top five cap spaces right now projected-wise. Uh, obviously, you have the Pistons, number one. Uh, this, I mean, that makes sense. They're probably going to go after DeAndre and maybe DeJounte Murray. They should go after Bradley Bill, but I don't know where he's going to fit into that young backcourt. Yeah, Bradley's um, not going there. I, I can't see him going <laughs> anything yeah. that wasn't like affirmatively in the playoffs last year at this point. Otherwise, he might as well go back to the Wizards for more money. Now, there are two that I'm looking at that are actually really curious because of everything they have around them. The San Antonio Spurs, who have our number two projected $31 million. And then there's always... The team that I was always mentioned in, in in every free agency lately, the New York Knickerbockers, eighteen million projected in cap space, which is the fifth highest in the league, which means they have about probably close to about thirty million they can spend with all the tax luxuries and everything else they can do. Uh, that opens up some very curious options there because you always talk about everybody talks about the Knicks always wanting to get that big free agent signing. I know obviously Bradley Bill is not the number one big superstar you'd want in a big franchise like that because you probably want somebody a little outspoken but i think bradley bill could handle the new york media better than anybody that's on this market right now and that's saying a lot because i do think what he would sign in and, and do with the knicks he could he could do just by doing bradley bill things he doesn't talk a lot 
He lets his game do his talking. He doesn't get flustered by the media. He honestly is probably one of the bigger jokesters when it comes to talking to the media. And I don't know if that's just due to being in Washington for as long as he has been or what, but I, you know, he's, he's just a guy that just goes out there and he does his thing. And that's that, that could be the perfect fit for a Knicks team who is looking to try to get that senior leader in there with RJ Barrett with, you know, you have, um, Oh God, why did I blank on his name right now? The other Duke. What's up? Not Julius Randle. Well, Julius Randle as well, but also the other Duke product from the same year from RJ Barrett and Zion and Cam Reddish as oh. he came in, came in the trade for Kevin Knox. Uh, so you took a look at those two guys, plus Julius Randle, obviously. You had Bradley Bill in there. Could be an interesting little quartet of players there. And you talk about a Knicks team one year removed from the playoffs. Probably wanting to get back pretty soon. I am curious because they are rumored to be spending a four-year, hundred-plus-million-dollar contract on Jalen Brunson here. They looks like they're about to drop drop the Briggs truck at him too. So, that, if they can afford that, that is very interesting as well too. I mean, they're paying Jalen Brunson like he's Bradley Beal, so if they have enough money for both of that, that could be interesting. So, I'm curious about that one as well. You mentioned the New York media market, so I'm going to transition to another guy who's been at the forefront of that for the last 12 months, Kyrie Irving. After all the talk about potential sign and trade, is he going? Will he stay or will he go? All of that. Deciding to take that option and stick with the Nets, not getting the long-term deal he wanted, but he will stick around with Kevin Durant and the Nets, getting a chance to run it back next year with Ben Simmons as well, too. My initial thoughts on that were, will they all play together? Will we see them all play together? Because it seems to be cursed every time there is a court, a trio of superstars in New Jersey, in, sorry, Brooklyn. Still haven't got over that yet. So, yeah. you know what? I don't know, I don't know what to think of it. I don't want to say it's fantastic. I won't say it's bad because I just don't know. I, I need to see all I need to see them all at least suit up one game together before I know. Here here's a crazy thing. So with in in his contract with the with Brooklyn, Kyrie has played a total of 106 games. The last season, the last this last season that just passed, Kayvon Looney played 106 games. Mm-hmm. It's like Kayvon Looney is not obviously a big name, but if he's playing as consistently as Kyrie is playing, you're gonna get. And then the difference being, obviously, Kyrie over a couple years and, and Kayvon in one year. It, it's sad because you just don't get enough production for how much he's getting paid. And I, I, if he plays this season, it'll be great. Honestly, I hope he can play a whole season is, is really what it comes down to. He's had – obviously, he's had his mental issues. He's had, he's had his – you know, the issues with COVID. He's had the issues with, you know, just in general staying on the – staying healthy. And – it, you know, you wish him well. Obviously, Kyrie is one of those guys that you're like, I want to see him on the court. You wish him well. I hope he has everything figured out because I want to see him on the court another year. Whether he, obviously, signs are that Katie will re- have all the signs are that Katie will resign once Kyrie decided his his decision because he wants to play with Kyrie. If that's the case, then you have those two plus Ben Simmons, who is finally fully healthy after the back surgery and everything going on with that, like. I think this Brooklyn Nets team could be a fun team if they can all get it together and stay on the court. But if they don't, it's just going to be a lot of the same old, same old with the, this Nets team, and and that's kind of disappointing. I got it's it's going to be the ultimate what was what could have been team if if you really want to talk about it that way. If they don't play together, I do think Ben Simmons can bring out the best in Kyrie. Because when we saw Kyrie in Cleveland, he got to play off the ball a lot with LeBron running that point mm-hmm. forward LeBron ball basically. Ben Simmons could do a lot of that where Kyrie can move off the ball, get into the spots that he likes, gets the ball, then go to work, not have to bring it up, run the offense, quote-unquote. He can just go out and be his bucket, then dish when the double team comes. Like When he's at his best, he's really a two-guard in a point guard's body that can kind of run the offense a little bit. He's basically kind of like Bradley Beal, honestly, who can play both guards but thrives in the get as a get-bucket guard, not a distribute guard. And Ben Simmons gives you that as a from a power forward spot. So I do think that can provide him a lot of, a lot of versatility. Plus, they still got Seth Curry 
they still got snipers too. So if they can all stay together, we might finally see that Nets team that for the last three years that people have been putting in the finals as well too. So that's it. That'd be I a fun one. Yeah, I, can see your- I, I, I love I love everything about what that team could be built to be. And I love Steve Nash as a coach. I did. I love him as a coach. I obviously I didn't think he should deserve this job. I still think Emi Udoka should have gotten this Nets job back in the day. But you can't you can't replace that. Now Udoka has a fantastic job in Boston, and now it's Steve Nash. Like you have to prove yourself. And unfortunately, if he doesn't have Kyrie, it's tough to prove yourself when you have a superstar who doesn't play more than thirty games a season. That's exactly. tough. I think he definitely would have benefited from being an assistant coach before a head coach as well. So should, yeah, it would have helped him to get a little something before being thrust in this one. But speaking of the Nets, we're going to continue down this NBA offseason carol- carousel. A former Net, James Harden, actually turning down his option option with the 76ers, and he will hit free agency as well too. There are some rumors he's pro- might be re- strongly leaning towards re-signing with the Sixers at a different price. This will alleviate some cap space for him. But uh, James Harden hitting the open market after a – not so stellar last year, both with the Nets and with when he came back with the Sixers. Not a, I think he had one get one or two games where he looked like James Harden, but did not look too great either. So, even I feel like he'll have a good market based on name value, but I don't think he's going to have like another two hundred million dollar contract, one hundred fifty million. I don't think there's a huge payday out there for James Harden unless the 76ers and Daryl Moore are like, you know what, we traded the house for him, we have to pay him now. We don't have a choice. Yeah, like I think this is a, honestly, I feel like this is all signs to point to him resigning with the 76ers because. The biggest issue is is the cap space that was involved if he had taken if he had opted in because there's not cap space involved for the Sixers at that point in time. So you like him opting out actually allows them to go and fill in a bench. You get a mid level exception, you get a uh, 4.1 sign and trade deal as well, and then there's a couple other things like uh, a biennial ex- exception um, that you can get from this. It's like 4.1 million dollar space uh, for a season. So I do think him opting out opens up the door for him signing, re-signing with the Sixers. But if he doesn't re-sign with the Sixers, I don't know where he goes because he is he is washed right now. Like, he has used goods, and he has to prove himself. He's not going to get a Supermax again. He's not going to get a Max again. He's not even going to get an 80% Max deal. Like, to be fair to, to any team that's going to sign him, you are signing – a veteran role player at this point in time. You're not signing James Harden anymore. You're going to be signing a veteran role player, and you have to accept that. And you not and do not overpay. <laughs> Sacramento Kings, I'm directly looking at you. Do not overpay because <laughs> they have been rumored to be talking about going and getting James Harden because they're still in the rumors of shipping out to Dar- Darren Fox for whatever reason. Anyways, <laughs> whoever goes and gets James Harden, do not, do not, do not overpay. He is a washed role player and you know what if he provides that role you paid for what you get if he exceeds that role you just got the best deal in, in history and it may only be a one season deal but congratulations you just made a great deal and got the james harden for what is now james harden pricing so i think this is something that needs to be looked at but i do think this is all intense purposes he's gonna reassign with the sixers for a cheaper deal i just i think he i think he realizes what he is and I, I think that's why he, he opted out is he's like, I want a team around me. I don't want to be just me and Joel. Like, I think that's, that's what it comes down to. Here's a crazy idea. If he does not go to the 76ers, how about a team like the Nuggets for him, where you get to play with a guy like Jokic, who can dish you the ball. You could play a, a little bit off ball, not just catch and shoot a little bit more often. Jamal Murray coming back, who could be that primary ball handler as well, too, to kind of mitigate your usage rate. And it takes a lot of pressure off because you don't, you kind of almost have, I don't want to say you have to ignore James Harden in this role, but a fully healthy Jamal Murray and 
an MVP, a back-to-back MVP Jokic are a little more concerning than what we saw from James Harden the last year or so. So I think that's going to open things up. Plus Michael Porter when he's healthy as well, too. I think that's a that's not a bad fit for him as well, too. And the way they kind of rotate, he doesn't have to worry about defense quite as much with some of the wing <laughs> players they have. So that is that is an option as well, too. And with that second unit, he'll get to just that's when he can kind of be ball dominant James Harden as well, too. It could be like yeah. maybe he starts and then he stays in a little bit longer while the other guys catch a break. Kind of that sort of thing that they do did with him with the Nets as well, too. So yeah, I don't hate that fit form as well, too. But I do agree with you. It feels like 76ers are far and away the leading candidate. Then after that, uh, well, it gets murky at that point. We'll say murky is the the ad- adjective. We that's need. yeah, that's a good way to put it. But I will say that if he goes to the Nuggets, can the Nuggets afford to have two guys that don't play defense on their starting rotation? Because I'm sorry, Nikola Jokic, he, he plays defense kind of like Steph Curry plays defense. So uh, you know, if you're gonna hate on one, you got to hate on the other for their defensive abilities. They're not fantastic by any means. Um, they're average at best, and then James Harden is. When he wants to, he can play average or two above average defense. But can you afford to have that night in and night out in your starting rotation? Can can they provide enough points for that to matter is the question. That is the ultimate question as well, too. I mean, the Warriors just won a championship playing four on five on offense. So you never know. Sometimes three on five, depending on how the rotations went as well, too. So I guess anything is possible. But I do see the conundrum with that one as well, too. But And, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Russell Westbrook looking like he's going to opt back in with the Lakers, catching that $47 million option as well too. And all the talk about him leaving the Lakers, all of the bad rumors, all of the negative, just negativity, honestly, that's surrounding it as well too. And it looks like they're They're going to run it back with him as well too, depending on what else they can add in the off season as well too. But this one kind of surprised me. This one, it felt like the writing was on the wall that he was as good as gone from the Lakers, but Looks like they looks like uh, he they'll be sticking around and they'll see what they could do with him moving into next year and a new coach. It's another year with Le- an older LeBron, a hopefully healthier Anthony Davis. That's a always up for debate year in and year out. But I am really curious to see what how this how they plan on running this back and get different results without basically falling into the exact definition of insanity. Well, if you believe Brian Windhorst, and we all <laughs> know who Brian Windhorst is, aka the mouthpiece of LeBron, uh, there is a lot of rumors of lebron joining the cavaliers before the start of the season um and that is very interesting they are the basically the 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 writing is that if colin sexton isn't on a deal by july 14th or sorry yeah by july 14th and then um oh uh levert has not been re-signed to an extension then that is the writing that you'll see lebron potentially making the move to cleveland because they're holding that cap space for him um very interesting aspect to this whole Russell Westbrook thing. Now, with that said, the Russell Westbrook signing or taking the option actually is a great deal for Russell. First of all, congratulations. Take your bag, kid. Walk home with it. You were far underpaid in OKC for quite a few years there, so congratulations on your money now. You um, skip, however, you, your loo. you throw that bag over your shoulder and you skip and whistle while waving to everybody yeah, yeah. who yelled at you and you change your jersey number to 47 to represent each million you just collected to just to rub it in well, face. let's, let's not let's not go dennis let's not go dennis schroeder on everybody okay uh but you know on that on that topic though don't be surprised to see a sign and trade still with russell at this point in time i mean it's i think the you're right the writing is on the wall there's there's so many things that need to be done in la number one to me is honestly i don't think you can survive if lebron's going to be head coach as well as you know so uh it's 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 a situation where your new head coach needs to step up day one and prove that lebron can take a step aside and be just the head be the, be the manager on the court not off the court hmm. because lebron is too far in in depth off the court right now to be helpful to your team 
Um, the fact is that you don't check stats on the sideline and then walk off five minutes before the end of the game if you're LeBron James. You should not ever do that, yet that's what we saw LeBron do all throughout the playoffs last season. So with that said, um, or sorry, throughout the end of the season last season. And with that said, I, I think that's number one that needs to be fixed, getting LeBron on the right page. Uh, number two, wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised to see this Russell Westbrook thing turn into a sign-and-trade type of situation. I saw something that was interesting. I just want to get your thoughts on it as well, too. So there's a lot of talk about maybe Russell Westbrook should maybe check, go see like an eye specialist because there were some shots where it looked like the depth perception was a little bit off as well, too. And <laughs> so they kind of like Jameis Winston with the LASIK surgery as well, too. Just maybe, just maybe take a look because as you get older, a lot of the wear and tear, yeah. maybe your eyesight wanes a little. This isn't like a shot saying he's blind. This is, no, no. Huh? Like, there's even, I think it was Evan Fournier, the, the the magic player, who said after he had COVID, his depth perception, that was one of the weird side effects he was dealing with as well, too. Just because we've seen Russell Westbrook. He shot 85% from the free throw line at one point in his career. Last year, he was shooting like 61% or something ridiculous like that. We saw him missing the, the backboard on occasions as well, too. Not yeah. just because he overshot it while sprinting, but just completely airmailing it. So maybe not a bad idea just to get it looked at as well, too. Just obviously, I'm not saying it solves everything, but maybe that might solve some of the erraticness we saw last year so he's never going to be spot and shoot steph curry to play or like jj reddick or anything like that where you just stick him next to lebron and they'll get they'll get 15 points off of just catch and shoots but maybe just the ability to finish some of the times he goes to the bucket finish when he pulls up as well too just to accumulate buckets if you will as well too some a lot of things that he seemed to be missing last year it's a stretch but if you're going to be stuck with him with 47 million i mean you could spend a little bit of that just go just take a look see what you can do at that point i mean yeah like i'm i am all for NBA player, any player in general, going and getting the health check, like getting what they need to do health wise, taken care of. Let's be very clear about that. If mm. if there is something wrong with his eyes, and that is maybe a percept, like it is a depth perception issue. We always talk about stadium changes and things, and how that could be an issue. But yeah, I do think if it is if it is a major issue, I do think it's something that needs to be addressed. Obviously, we're talking about the same guy though, who career wise. Still averages 44% field in the field. I mean, he is still right. And he hit 44% last year. I mean, 29.8 from three. He averages about 31% from three. His best year ever being 34. So I do think that like, he's still on average to be Russell Westbrook. That doesn't change. I, but I do think there is a little something to be said about that potentially. That I mean, I can tell you from my own personal experience with like going to an eye doctor because just things got a little fuzzy. Going from a little fuzzy to crystal clear is literally night and day when you're playing a sport. Obviously, I'm not playing it at a high level. I'm playing it at a rec league level at this point in time in my life. But I couldn't imagine how much it would take, like how much advantage it would give you if you're playing at a blurry level and you're still playing at a high level. Like if you're if you're a Russell Westbrook who's averaging a triple double and everything's blurry, and then all of a sudden you can see the basket clearly, you can see the ripples on the net when the ball goes through, like you can see where fingertips are when in passing lanes. Could you imagine how much more he would excel if, let's say, something like that changes? Like, if he can all of a sudden see these things that he couldn't see before. That would be night and day. And obviously, I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you what is wrong with him. But I can tell you from my own personal experience, going to an eye doctor to change and get contacts, or God knows, honestly, Russell Westbrook being the fashionista he is, put on some Urkel glasses, and that man will be out here rocking like, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with the goggles on. Like, I you name it, and this man will go do it, and he'll be exceptional at it if that's maybe the case. But, I mean, yeah, just it's a possibility. I mean, as you said, as you get older, eyes change, things change. Maybe that is the case. Um, maybe it's just mental. I don't know. But if that's the case, and we can go to an eye doctor and get it fixed with contacts, Russell, $47 million just hit your bank account tomorrow. Like, 
go now mm. you're in la they can afford it like i maybe maybe don't get lasix maybe maybe just get some contacts and get lasix next offseason but like yeah go do it i'm just saying it would be something interesting to keep an eye out for as well too i don't know if that is the case it could just be just could just be he's always been a little bit i don't want to say erratic but he plays so hard it sometimes turns into kind of like kind of like the 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 airplane with the with the propeller missing so as well too it almost spins yeah. too fast in one spot sometimes he is for better and for worse the almost the tasmanian devil which makes him electric but sometimes that's where you see like some of the erraticness come in so maybe maybe it isn't like getting... erratic and a little bit older and in a situation where he doesn't have as high as usage so the things look a little yeah. worse than they do as well too and you know the microscope crucible that is playing in los angeles <laughs> with lebron and anthony davis on top of it as yeah. well too so that, that could be something on top of it but That'll do it for our tip-off. Talking about some NBA coverage, that is going to lead us into Kelsey's second favorite part of every single show. That is, of course, the main event brought to you by In The Clutch Apparel. Click link in our bio. Use code HILOSPORTS. Get yourself some outstanding sports gear at a reasonable price as well, so you definitely don't want to miss out on this. It is a clutch addition to any outfit. And Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Kelsey, we'd be remiss not, we haven't talked about it a whole lot. We've been kind of trying to wait for it to play out, but things seem to be starting to steam up a little bit. We're looking at the Deshaun Watson case going on in Cleveland right now, meeting on Tuesday, having a meeting with the NFL and the independent arbitrator, if I'm not mistaken, as well, too. To talk, yeah. There's been discussions about the suspension as well. Rumors are, and I'm putting rumors in quotations, for those who, can, who can't see, those, those quotations are firing on all cylinders right now. Rumors that the NFL wants an indefinite suspension, aiming for a year but would prefer indefinite. NFLPA wants zero but might accept four, basically, more or less. And then... It's that the plan is somewhere it's going to melt in the middle. It sounds like they're on very, very far different ends of the stakes. The NFL, the NFL base is saying like, look, Ben Roethlisberger got six games and then worked down to four with one accusation. I believe it was at the time, two overall, but one that he got suspended for. Sean had 24 of those and 20 of them just got settled with four still standing, if I'm not mistaken. And now the Houston Texans are getting drug into it as well. The NFL PA, they're basically saying you didn't suspend Robert Kraft. You didn't suspend Jerry Jones. You didn't suspend Daniel Snyder. What's going on here? So, a complete mess from both sides as well, too. And honestly, I'm happy I don't have to make this decision. We will leave it that way. Yeah, um, that's a that's a good point, too. Uh, yeah, to your point, as, as far as what the league's insisting, uh, it was two people in attendance, um, both obviously having to speak among uh, under the condition of anonymity because it's, it's not a public hearing. Um, one saying the league is insisting on an indefinite suspension and then also corroborating that Watson's side is arguing that there's no basis for punishment that significant. Um, saying they would take as little as zero, but uh, they're looking for as little as zero, but a minimum of four is what they'd expect. Um, which, based off of precedence, unfortunately, the NFL has dropped the ball on this one a long time, for a long time coming. Uh, now, one thing to take into into account between the Roethlisberger and Deshaun situation, the biggest difference being the new CBA Article 46, which gives Goodell that overarching power to suspend for whatever and however. And that's kind of a big deal uh, when when you look at this as well. It, it, and obviously, um, having this is a really interesting aspect of this 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 you know 
conversation with Deshaun. Um, his the arbitrator in between the arbitrator is actually former U.S. District Judge Sue Robinson, um, who is was the first female circuit judge in Delaware at the time uh, when she was a, when she was a, as a, as a U.S. District Judge. Um, and so it's a very interesting aspect to this as well that she does she has been very strong on sexual abuse cases in her career. Now, I don't know what that leads to as far as the punishment for Goodell, but I honestly, indefinite suspension, probably not. A year-long suspension? Let's be honest, that's probably better. That He'd be better, like, he'd be getting off pretty scot-free if that's a year-long suspension compared for 24 civil lawsuits. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire, as is the biggest thing to say, and there's 24 smoking guns right now. Yeah, I, I like. I honestly, I, this is such a hard topic to talk about because there are so many cases that it's like it is something that is never heard of before. We have never had a, a situation where there's one player charged with 24 different lawsuits. Like, there's nothing has ever come close. You know, Dan Snyder is the closest with what 12, I believe, is what he is was. Uh, uh, Robert Kraft was six or eight. And I don't even, I don't even know what those were off the top of my head either as well too like I de- it's definitely something <sighs> unprecedented to say the least and a couple of things I kind of want to add to what you point out as well too sorry Sue Robinson you were brought in to be a third party arbitrator and this is your first test basically as well yeah. so as soon as you're brought in you don't even get to like ease yourself into it they throw the gauntlet at you right away you don't get to work your way up the castle to fight Wario Wario drops in front of you when you're on level one basically because this one this is quite the doozy to deal with as well too so well welcome to the NFL I guess right. And then there's obviously no timeline for that as well, too. Like she can make her once the decision, once the hearing ends, she has time to make her decision here. Hearing is going to continue on Thursday of this week as well, too. So there's we got a long ways to go. What I'm also curious is what the settlement, if those the settlements will play a part in it. So obviously 20 of the 24 have settled. There's still four Mm -hmm. out there. So question is, is he going to take those ones into civil court? Is it they're not? Are they just not? I'm curious to see how those play out as well, too, because. There was a talk as well, too, that maybe part of the reason he settled is because you can't really go to court 24 different times like that. It's going to take too long. And if they're going to suspend you during those things, it's going to he'll be suspended forever at this point as well, too. Court's not exactly an expedient process, let alone times it by 24. So I wonder if maybe that had something to do with it. And he'll fight like four of those in civil court. CV almost as a all right, you prove hypothetically speaking, you you proved yourself right or you saved your name in those four cases, maybe like public perception. I don't know. I think I'm curious to see what happened, what the difference is with those four cases compared to the other 20. Maybe they just didn't want to settle. I don't know. So I'm curious to see how those plan, if that affects the decision. Another thing they pointed out too is last year he was not suspended, but he didn't play and he got paid. It, it was a, wasn't even an exemplist. It was basically just like a scratch every week. There was rumor if he gives back basically all the money he made last year, they count that as part of a year suspension. Then you take out like six to eight games this year. So it's a quote unquote year and a half suspension. But it ha- some of that can't last year already counts as time served. Some there's interesting things going around with that as well too. So I'm curious what your thoughts would be if they decide to do something like that, where they count last season as a sp- suspension, you pay back all the money you made last year basically, and then you take half half of the season. Do you think that's? I don't say just, but that's that's a very interesting scenario considering last year he wasn't suspended, he wasn't on the exempt list. It was basically the Texans just refused to play him. Basically, that's honestly what happened as well too. It was basically just sat him on ice. Yeah, like. Well, let me first clear up. I, I I misspoke earlier with the Article 46 of the CBA. It's actually if the union or league appeals Judge Sue Robinson's decision, then then Goodell gets the full umbrella to just be like, "Here's my book." 
that's when take he goes, it. That's when he's back to judge, jury, and executioner. Exactly. So, or, or his designee, um, which in this case he might de- designate Judge Robinson back again to be like, hey, yeah, your decision's final. Um, but now, sorry, I misspoke on that earlier. But let me just—I just wanted to correct that. As far as like, if that's a con- like, if they if he gives back the money, I don't know if he can give back the money. He just settled twenty different lawsuits. That you got to assume there's financial aspects to those lawsuits. Yeah, he just got a $230 million guaranteed contract. That doesn't come all at one time. Like, I don't think he could legitimately afford to pay back the money. But And and if that's the case, he, if he paid back the money he got last year and they suspended it, counted that towards a you know, time-served situation type of thing, essentially, and, and like, yeah, that's a year suspended, I still don't think that's enough. Uh, personally, like, this is, again, it is such a – drastic amount of, of 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 lawsuits against him like unheard of amounts of lawsuits 24 I, I that's i just can't get over the number of them it's i i honestly don't know what the right answer is here because it just feels like i want to say personally i'm so like grotesquely disgusted by 24 possible lawsuits that that is 24 possible occasions that he that that are that are, are recorded 24 possible occasions that that have been reported that he did something, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I, I, I grotesquely just want to be like, never see the field again. But at the same time, like logically speaking, I don't know if that's like, you can't, you know, there's that whole, like, Oh, you want to give humans a chance thing. I don't know if that's the right situation here. Like, so personally, I don't know if like, yeah, he paid back the money. If that counts towards a year served and maybe he serves another year and that's good. I, I don't know, but I think I personally believe at least one year, from here, from this date, is the bare minimum I should see him suspended. One thing that I am curious about, too, is because he did sign that extension with the Texans, but I don't think he ever played under that extension because I don't think that even – I don't think that started yet. So he'd have that signing bonus, but none of that pay, if I'm not mistaken. So if I'm not mistaken, paying it back wouldn't actually even be that bad as well, too, compared to what it would be if he had to pay back this upcoming contract once this kicks in the full gear. Plus he has a signing bonus from this one that's going to be assured because – I understand the signing bonus in the first two years of this contract, even if the Browns wanted to get out from underneath it, there is not a darn thing they could do about it with the signing bonus in the first two years. After that, I think there's a little bit of wiggle room to get out if they need to. So maybe he does have the financial means. I don't know. We'll have to wait and, wait and see. I, all I know is that is an absolute mess. And you kind of pretty good. I would say there's a reason they made, they made his first year's contract, first year of his contract, a $1 million contract. Let's just put it. Let's just, just be very clear and say the Cleveland Browns knew what they were doing with that contract signing. And I, and I know, yeah, exactly. And I know a lot of their contracts are weirdly like that, like Denzel Wars, Miles Garrett, and things like that as well too. And you can make the argument, well, they're paying Baker this year. That's why, in case they had to keep Baker, they didn't want to have to do too much. That there, there was a little bit of okay, just in case too. Like there was, that was mm-hmm. definitely in the back of the mind. It wasn't done just in just, just or coincidentally. Like it, all signs point to it on to, to it for a reason. I agree on that one as well too. I do want to, I do want to mention, say one last thing. You said so. Your thought is that he should be suspended one more one more year regardless as well too. Is that your, is that kind of your final prediction as well too? Is he won't play it down this season? I, I honestly don't think he does play it down this season. If he does play it down this season, we'll be, we won't be seeing him until week like 12. Um, I, I honestly think if his suspension isn't a full season, he'll be suspended the eight to 10 game range. And we won't actually see him play until week 12 to 14, just because that obviously catch up time. Um, they always talk about, you know, how to get back into shape. But I, I, I personally believe this is at least one year. Um, I, I just like, I, I, I honestly have to go back to, you know, uh, Josh Gordon, like 
the man got suspended multiple years for drugs for, for marijuana. Like this is not marijuana we're talking about. This is not a drug that is legal now in so many states and continues to be legalized. It's not a drug that you have changed the legal limit that your NFL player can have and increase the amount of of uh, THC found in a person's bloodstream year after year after year. You, this is not that situation. This is a situation that is very very illegal, literally all over the world, and it's not getting better. Like it's not it's not something that it just becomes you know you can brush under the rug. So I, I don't know. I just like if Josh Gordon got suspended for multiple years, I don't see why Deshaun shouldn't be suspended. You know, suspended for multiple years as well. It's just, I I don't know how much of that is my personal feelings versus my I understand how the NFL works and it's a business type of situation. Like I I, I can't honestly separate the two of them right now, and and that's what's, that's what's tough about this whole situation is I can't separate what is I know the NFL will probably do versus what I feel like the NFL should do. It's a tough one, too, because while you mentioned it happens all over the place, it's illegal everywhere. Unfortunately, it's not prosecuted nearly as often as it yeah. probably should be as well, too. And that's where I'm as well, too, is I don't know what it should be. If I had to make a prediction, my thought is I think they're going to initially rule the one year. But I think after the back and forth, it's going to get bartered down to 10 games, honestly. I think they're going to yeah. and they're going to count last year's time, sir. So it's going to be like a would that be 27 game suspension or something weird like that as well too it's going to be yeah. some goofy number that's not even like not even an even number it's going to be a random prime number like 27 or something like yeah. that as well too and i think excuse me i will say i also think jacoby Brissett season is about to start but we'll talk about that here in just a moment as well too we got a lot yeah i do i think he's going to get fined a lot too i, th- I don't th- i think they're going to suspend and fine him because i don't think they take too kindly to that the first year being just like making just one million or whatever, I think he's going to get fined on top of it regardless. And be like, oh, okay, Browns, you tried to pull a quick one. Here's a thirty million dollar fine or something like that as well. Too, I think there'll be a little something pushed into it as well too. It wouldn't surprise. So honestly, this whole thing wouldn't surprise me if the, the Texans don't have to pay a dime for anything because they preact like preemptively just said, "No, you're not playing." Uh, yeah, they paid him, but they didn't play him, and that's a big aspect because you don't get a game check if you don't play. And that's a big aspect to this whole thing that, that, you know, he gets a prorated stipend versus what he would get if he actually played games. So that's an aspect of this. But I wouldn't surprise you to see the Browns actually get fined for trying to pull a fast one on the league. Definitely definitely a lot to see in how that plays out as well, too. And you know what? I'm glad that it is not directly impacting me necessarily. I'm glad I don't have to make any of these decisions as well, too. And yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not a Browns fan. Tuesday. But speaking of the Browns as well, too, if this does happen, it sounds like it should be Jacoby Brissett season, but there is a glimmer that maybe uh, they might see an old face return as well, too, as the recent rumor was they asked Baker, would you be willing to play for the Browns this year if Deshaun's not available? And he said, more or less, there'll have to be some reaching out to do. So with a little smirk on his face, like Browns come, come grovel to me and ask me to play as well, too. And you kind of mentioned this before, too, is like you want to see maybe Baker comes back if Deshaun is like take you know the system, you know the offense, you know the players. Come back in, get a chance to prove yourself, go make your go make some cheese elsewhere. If it's a six to eight game suspension for some reason, you can let's say you have a good start to the season, maybe it's dealt by the trade deadline. So do you still kind of stand pretty firm on that on that stance, or do you think Baker should just be like, no, play with Jacoby? I'm gone. God, can the dichotomy between this 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 the the two situations of the quarterbacks be so different right now? So the Browns, obviously, if you guys don't know the history of what brought this to, to be. The Browns said, I want an adult playing quarterback, right? We have everything happening with Deshaun. On Tuesday, when Baker was asked this question, you know what Deshaun, you know what, you know what Baker Mayfield was just finishing up doing? Thank Holding a camp with kids for future quarterback athletes at his at the University of Oklahoma. 
So, you know, talk to me about being an adult, but this man is doing charity work while the other man is facing legal troubles. That's all I'm going to say about that part of it. Now, as far as what Baker says, hilarious. I love every single moment of this because this is the this is Baker's moment to be like, yes, come to me, feed me your woes, and just let me laugh at you while I continue to watch you guys go down in misery because you've tried to ship me off. You didn't want me. And now you have no choice but to maybe grovel to me. Now, I do think Jacoby Brissett could be very, very advantageous in this system with the Browns. Let me be very clear about that and say that I do think this is a situation where Jacoby Brissett could succeed. Succeed to the level of playoffs, that's a conversation for another day. I haven't seen them play live action yet, but I do know I have seen Jacoby Brissett's skills, and I do know it works very well in a run-first play-action set offense. Does that very well, and he can throw the hell out of a ball. He's got a right Yeah, exactly. Now, Baker, this situation with Baker, I still do believe that Baker, we do see him in a Browns uniform on week one. I 100% still believe that. Do I think he starts? I think that's a, again, that is very going to be going to be decided very much so in the next two weeks, three weeks. If he shows up for fall practices August 1st, 100% that man starts. Shows up August 12th, he'll start by week three. And that's just how that's going to be. If he does not show up by August 12th, then he will be dealt. Either probably it goes back to my other theory of him being released and ending up somewhere. But I do think that we will see Baker Mayfield on a Sunday in Cleveland starting for the Browns this season. Wow. Okay. I will start by saying I agree with everything said about Jacoby Brissett. I think he is a fantastic backup and a serviceable starter. You don't want him to be your quote unquote yeah, franchise yeah. guy. But in this situation where you need him to be game manager, Jacoby, hit hit Amari Cooper on a slant route, play action, and flick it over to David Njoku, I think he's fantastic for this. I think he's not a better quarterback than Baker, but I think his skill set actually is almost better for this offense because Baker, shorter guys, struggle seeing the middle of the field, kind of in he, – he's great in those intermediate routes. That's where he was dangerous in Oklahoma with Mark Andrews and squad, but that was more from a shotgun and a pistol, spread it out type of set. And in sports in the NFL, he hasn't quite – he hasn't quite got that rhythm yet. And in this offense, he it's it's catered to make a quarterback's job easy. The problem is he can't always find those easy reads. It's same with Kyler Murray. He struggles to see the middle of the field sometimes, and that's where the easiest reads are. That's why Kyler Murray is either bombs away fade route or he's throwing a swing pass or he's doing some Kyler Murray stuff. The problem is Baker doesn't run a 4-3-40, so he can't yeah. necessarily do that as well, too. As much as sometimes he tries to, tries to outrun defensive ends around the edge that are much faster than him, but I digress. I, don't th- I just don't think, he could, I don't think it's going to work out, honestly. He accused them last year of trying to sabotage him, basically, in a few of those games, and tried and tried to basically call out the offense. They, like you said, allegedly said he needed to be a grown-up, and all signs point to they were done with him as well, too. They didn't even draft him. This regime didn't draft him. I don't think That's they true. wanted him necessarily. So I think they're doing everything in their power to make it seem like, hey, we, we want to keep him as well. But they're I think they're just trying to get anything they can for him. I don't see him playing for the Browns. I think – I think they'll keep him on the roster almost out of spite at this point because there's a lot of weird back and forth between them last year. It's like, I don't, they're like, Baker, do you think you should sit out this injury? No one tells me to sit out about me. Oh, the quarterback said that is what the coach and the GM say later. Like, there's a lot of contentious disconnects. Like, it's almost yeah, spite from like, all right, Baker, you can play with us or you can go stay at home. Either way, it's fine. We're not, we're not paying Deshaun this year. Jacoby's cheap. We have plenty of cap space this year. Go, go hang out. So I can see it being yeah. spiteful as well, too. But, I can also see nobody's really there's talks about Seattle making a move 
at ramping up to try and get Baker. There's talks about Carolina, very interested, but quote unquote doing their homework. I don't know if either one of <laughs> what they can get. I, I don't know. I feel like it, he, I feel like he's gonna have to get released almost. It feels like I don't know if there. I feel like both teams are being really stingy, or if maybe Seattle week one or two, Drew Locke and Jacob Eason and Geno Smith just look terrible. They're like, okay, we'll give you a fifth round pick and we'll take that twelve million of cap or whatever it is. Yeah. I think I see it happening early in the year, but I, it's really tough depending on how that if that Deshaun suspension how that plays out as well too. But I personally do not think he will be in a Browns uniform, even if he decides to show up at like in August. He's like, all right, guys, I'll play. It's like. Yeah, you can sit on the bench. I, I could they get I guess yeah. they turn into a weirdly, weirdly uncomfortable situation for everybody. Like it was a lot of times last year for everyone. Uh, you know, I, I could see that, but I honestly think I think at the end of the day, the NFL is a business. Everybody understands that. And I think at the end of the day, egos will be set aside, namely the egos from the front office, because I don't think you can set aside a linebacker ego that plays quarterback. I don't think that's a possibility. I think that head is way too big. Ego is completely sewn into everything as well. Too. I, I will be, yeah. If you're not humbled at this point, I don't think anything's moving that ego at this point. That That is not a no. chip on the shoulder. That is just the shoulder. Yeah, so I do think I, I do think there's an aspect of that, that, they, that the Browns might, the front office might try to make it work um, just for, for for honestly potentially making the playoffs and getting that payday. Um, because they have to pay Deshaun two hundred thirty million dollars at the end of the day, like you know, and who knows, maybe they'd have to play the league thirty million dollars. Um, but yeah, I do think I do think that that happens. But I, I, you know, it's still this is really crazy to me to think about with with this whole thing with Baker. How many players in the realm of history have been shipped off and told they're they're not a grown man for trying to play through injury? Like if you just think about just like like I his comments aside. How many players have you have we all thought about over the time being like, man, I wish they would just play through that injury. He's got a blister on his finger, play through that injury. Oh, he's got a toughed up leg, play through that injury. Like every fan wants to have a player that goes and puts their quote life on the line, essentially. Unfortunately, Baker <laughs> doesn't know how to shut up during these times. <laughs> And like it makes it so much worse for himself. So it's just, it's such a crazy concept to me. Like this is a guy that literally brought you to your first playoff win in 25 years. Like since the team returned, first playoff victory, and you're still hating on him for trying to play through injury. And like this, I just I feel like I don't know. Cleveland Sanders got way too high at quarterback way too fast because let's not forget your guys' previous best quarterback was Bernie Kosar, who not the best quarterback ever. Is is I'd fall Bernie Kosar in there, but like, I think I don't know. I just, I just find this whole situation very unique and very funny. It's kind of like the Bears complaining because they don't have a great passing quarterback. You've never had a great passing quarterback, Bears. Like the Browns are the same thing. It's like you've never had a really great quarterback. You just oh, had a bunch bro. of guys that you got to turn back a hundred years, but he exists. Yeah. I will not take autogram slander. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, so you have autogram, autogram. <laughs> uh, it, it, but in in the in the modern NFL, we'll just say modern okay. NFL style. Um, but yeah, like I just I don't know. This is really unique, and and I I, I do hope for the best. For, honestly, all, all parties involved, I hope for the best. I hope I have all situations resolve themselves well. But I do think Jacoby Brissett might be the best, most successful out of all the quarterbacks we're just talking about right now. I do have to put one point of order here, real quick, and it tickles me yellow when people keep pointing this out. Baker did not lead them to that playoff when it was twenty-one nothing two Fair minutes enough. in the game after it was fumble shot over the head and, the, and Ben's five interceptions and Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb going ballistic and Jarvis Landry breaking twelve tackles. Like no, that's, I, fair. that's fair. Like, I know Baker's but, was in the 90s or whatever. He didn't have to do anything. I could have played quarterback in that game and found a way to pull it off. They almost oh, let the Steelers come back after a 28. 
point leaks, they couldn't move the ball on offense for a while until Nick Chubb broke a screen pass. I agree with you. He was the quarterback. I, I'm not he saying credit. I'm not saying like that. Let's let's all reel it in saying that Baker led them to a playoff game. Ben Roethlisberger I, led them to the Browns playoff win with what he's yeah. pulling off in that first half. That's just let, I, let me let me be clear and say I didn't I don't mean it that way. I mean I know when it goes on record, your starting quarterback during yeah. your playoff victory was this man. It's like me saying yeah. me saying Jim McMahon or oh god Rex Grossman led the Bears to the to the the uh, the Super Bowl. You know Rex Grossman didn't lead the Bears to the Super Bowl. That run game and defense led them to the Super Bowl. But exactly, and that was not a shot yeah. at you. That was a shot at everybody. He's trying to say Baker's a playoff winning quarterback. I could have been the playoff winning quarterback in that yeah. game. I could have flicked it to Nick Chubb and watched him stiff arm people into oblivion and watched Miles Garrett and that defense absolutely terrorize Ben Roethlisberger for the first six quarter two and a half quarters before they started getting something going as well too. But I I do agree. He has kind of gotten the dirty end of the stick, unfortunately. But he dug so much of that himself. I oh, think yeah, he, he did it himself. He would have just like played through, struggled, and then just like, yeah, I got to play better. Kept him. Yeah, I think it, but when you, yeah, I digress as well, too. I die. Linebacker I digress. ego at quarterback never equals positive. Not at all, especially <laughs> physically limited quarterback on top of that as well, too, where you can't. Cam Newton is a linebacker. Okay. I mean, that, that could work a little bit for a few seasons for the injuries pile up. Uh, Baker Mayfield with that linebacker mentality. Yikes. I, th- I think yeah. he'll go somewhere else. I think he'll be just fine. He's better that he's a top 20 quarterback in the league. He- he's a starting quarterback somewhere. I'm sure if not, he's the best backup in the NFL. Probably like there are plenty of places he can go start somewhere as well too. I mean, Seattle's a great fit. He could just bomb away to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He's got, he's still got a strong arm. He doesn't have to read the middle of the field with them. Just throw it deep every play. So that, exactly. that's not to do. We, we do have a little bit of time left to talk about some NFL offseason updates. I mentioned him a little bit. We'll talk about him. Man. Another quarterback on the market allegedly, but has not, there's been no steam or traction. Jimmy Garoppolo still sitting there with San Francisco as well. And I'm going to go out on a limb, but I'm going to say, I don't know if they really want to get rid of him unless they're going to basically get that second round pick they gave up in returning. Well, it's too late for that now. So what do you think are the chances that Jimmy Garoppolo is a San Francisco 49er by, by the start of the season? I still stand by what I've said all off season. I think, I don't think the 49ers are sold on Trey Lance. I don't think they are ready for that Trey Lance experience yet. And I think that's a big reason why Debo hasn't been dealt as well. I think, I think these there's, these two things have played together. The I want to move Trey, I want to move to Trey Lance for the Niners, and then Debo requesting a trade. You're saying that he practiced with Trey Lance one time is like, nope, nope, nope. All offseason, all last season as well. You know, Trey Lance was taking first team snaps last year during practice. So it's like he's had the experience with this guy and he's not sold. And your number one receiver is like not sold on your number one quarterback. That's not good. And then, you know, you have Jimmy just sitting there like, yeah, that's my boy. Like, that's my dude. And he's constantly he has constantly talked about how much he loves Jimmy throwing him the ball. Well, somehow Jimmy's not traded, and somehow Debo has not technically removed his trade request yet removed his trade request. All quotations. Um, yeah, it's it's very unique. I I just I stand by the fact that I think Jimmy's going to be the quarterback for this 49er team unless they get to the trade deadline and they're either out of it or there's an opportunity to go get I don't know. Josh Allen. <laughs> like, I, at this point in time, I don't think there's very many options. Obviously, Josh Allen is a joke. I do mean more of like a threat of like anything to add to your team to greatly benefit your Super Bowl chances. But I do think that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starting quarterback for the Niners at least until the trade deadline. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in the opposite direction. I think he's going to be a 49er, barring either an injury in like preseason training camp, something like that, or. I think he's going to be the backup to Trey Lance. I think they're going with Trey Lance next year regardless, and they're going to have Jimmy as like 
quote unquote insurance slash maybe someone else gets injured before the trade deadline. Maybe we can swing him, but I think they're just being stubborn. Like we know what you can win with him. He's not that he's not an elite guy. He's kind of in that Baker category of like top 20. You can win with him. You just need, you know, parts around him. I think Jimmy's a little more, he can make a little bit more happen with a little bit less, just not nearly as pretty, but at the same time, they're not going to just give away. They're not going to give away the milk. They're going to at least charge for the cow. Somewhat is what they're trying to do. They paid a second round pick for him. They'd probably like get something in return. And they don't really have to trade him. That's kind of the interesting part as well, too. Like, they're not forced to, especially when his value is kind of low right now with all those injuries he had at the end of last year. Speaking of playing through injuries as well, too. Yeah, having, having all those off seasons, like the shoulder surgery, he's not even be ready to go to like August, I think they said, too. So I think they're going to just sit on back. Well, 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 would you look at that? Uh, New Orleans, Jameis Winston, unfortunately, his knee went out, but you're five and two again. How about a fourth round pick or something like that as well, too? Or, well, 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 would you look at this? Tua unfortunately went down again, but Miami, you put so much, you have already spent so much money, you have to win now. You, what do you think about Jimmy? Like, you know, different things like that as well, too. Or, wow, Kirk Cousins, uh, you're not feeling it so much, are you, Mike McDaniel? What do you think? Like, you know what I mean? I could see them, they're in a position where they can kind of sit on and not have to worry. Where the Browns, you can't really sit on Baker, unfortunately, right now. It's a little bit different scenario, but I do think I can see them sitting on him and just kind of waiting and, and having Trey Lance be like, all right, learn from, teach Trey Lance to kind of do everything you did last year as well. So, it's that's a weird, interesting dynamic, and it's ironic considering Jimmy was supposed to go to Cleveland, but not too long ago. But then Bill Belichick's like, no, no, I like Jimmy. I'm not going to send him there. Kyle, Kyle, please take Jimmy. And then that's how he ends up there. <laughs> well, too. So very interesting uh, dichotomy we have going on there as well, too. But I'm going to say he's a San Francisco 49er, but as a backup as well, too. And then we'll see if they believe in Trey Lance because if Trey Lance comes out guns blazing or shows potential promise, anything like that, even if they struggle a bit, I think he sticks around. But if Trey Lance looks like he's pooping the bed and they, there's a lot of concern. Then you do have Jimmy to go to if need be. So I, you gave up way too much. I feel like they have to believe in Trey Lance. They have to. Just yeah. Hold it well, too, which we kind of agree. Trey Lance, a lot of potential there. I don't know if you trade up the trade of the house to get him at three. Could be wrong. He could be Josh Allen for all we know. And he could have gone to a better situation. So if he's going to succeed, here's where it's going to be. Like, this is the ultimate Trey Lance situation. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I, I still feel like I, I stand by what I said when Trey Lance was drafted. I still think he needs two years to develop. This would be his second year developing. I'm not against let, having him sit the bench until the trade deadline and, and then go Trey Lance. He's obviously, depending on where you are, um, if you can still keep Jimmy in there and you're still competitive throughout the rest of the season, then do so. Like, I don't think there's any need for this 49ers team to de- devote this season to being Trey Lance do or die. I do think they have another season where they have a lot of talent that does not go out of under contract. You still have an, all your talent is under contract for at least another season, I believe. So I don't think you need to force this one. If you don't, if you don't have to, if you're the Niners and that's just my, I don't know. That's just my feeling on this one. I, I think this is the one team in the league where I can literally look at it and be like, dude, don't stress. Like <laughs> just ride out the wave of Jimmy and take, see how long he can go. And if you know what, you make it through the season with Jimmy, then then ship him off and see what happens. Like then he goes and, and you're good. You have Trey Lance. It is weird because they are too good to basically to possibly take a shot at a young quarterback right now. They're almost too good. It's like a jet, like a steroided up version of the Chiefs when they decided to get rid of Alex Smith and go with Patrick Mahomes. That would obviously worked out for them, but it doesn't mean it's going to work out here necessarily. I think that's what I feel. Like that's the downside too is we're in the era where the young quarterback on the cheap contract is usually how you win, especially if you can keep all those pieces around him, and they're probably. It's it's hard to use two years on that rookie contract and not play him. So there, you don't get the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre thing anymore as well, too. Which is probably the reason, which is the reason Aaron Rodgers is a top ten quarterback of all time. If you yeah. play him right away, he is not the same Aaron Rodgers as well. So I agree with you. If you can feel comfortable sitting Trey Lance and using him 
sparingly, I don't hate that idea either. I really don't hate that idea either because I think there's a lot of talent there. No, nothing quite like actual in-game experience, but I digress. I, I digress as well, too. There's a there's a lot going on there as well, too, but there's a lot more NFL offseason updates to come, and I look forward to seeing a lot of them as well, too. And if you're the 49ers as well, you you know what? You Maybe you go one more year with Jimmy, then you pay all of your talent like Bosa, Debo, all them, then you bring in Trey Lance on the rookie deal. And I don't know. I, this is why I said to you they should have taken Justin Fields, but I digress. Because if it's Justin Fields, they make the playoffs next year regardless, and I don't think there's a question. Yeah. Like oh, 100%. you could t- you could put Justin Fields in this team right now, and I feel okay. Like, all right, bye, Jimmy. Like, I it's not a question of whether Jimmy Jimmy is good enough. It's it's literally just bye, Jimmy. You're being replaced. Like, it is that time. Like, but I don't think with Trey Lance, he's just not shown enough. Exactly. I don't know. And they you know got to stay healthy too as well. So you started two games last year, and unfortunately sprained your knee. Could be a bad luck. Could be worrisome considering he's such a ball carry heavy type quarterback. So we will definitely see how that one plays out. But that will do it here for our main event here as well too. And you know what, Kelsey? We got we still got a little bit to talk about as well. Too. We got a little bit more time as we get to head into your favorite segment of every podcast as well, too. That's ephemerally known as Crunch Time, brought to you by Swift Lifestyles. Click the link in our bio, use code High Low Sports, get yourself some nice clean uh, gamer feel, if you will, too. But we got we got quite a bit going on here as well, too. I'm gonna go ahead and start with what you have planned this weekend because it looks like you're gonna be indulging in a little bit of fun here. I am going to be indulging in a whole lot of fun heading down to Canton, Ohio for the USFL championship game. Cannot wait for that, by the way. Uh, Of course, the Philadelphia Stars. You can't have a USFL championship game without the Philadelphia Stars, it appears, even 30 years later. As they continue their streak of appearing in every single USFL championship game now for the fourth straight time. It's amazing. It just doesn't make sense. A team that has literally given up. So many points all season. I believe, let me let me double check this stat here real fast, but I believe the second most points in the league during the regular season turned it on in the playoffs, able to make it to the championship game here in, in, in Canton uh, was Philadelphia, led by Case Cook is on offense. But they have turned the ball over on the opposing team 22 times. They've got forced a turnover, led by their their all-world corner right now, it seems like, in Channing Stribling, who has seven interceptions himself. I mean, absolutely fantastic. But they're not to be outdone by that tough Birmingham Stallions team. Obviously, the team I picked before the season as my team because, obviously, from Alabama, I have to rip the home team. Uh, Jamar Smith leading the way, along with Bo Scarborough and C.J. Maribel, the two-headed rushing attack there. Absolutely been fantastic all around. Uh, led the team, led the league. Like, ten, they were 10-0 and, 10 and at one point in time, ended up 10-1. and one. I cannot complain. Nine and zero. They ended up ten and one. I cannot complain about anything that the Birmingham uh, Stallions have done. Been a great regular season for them. Um, but let's not let's not get carried away here and, and think this is going to be a, like a walkover by any means. But it is going to be a very tough game for the Stars, who struggles the most in, in the rush game, whereas the Stallions, number one rushing attack in the t- in the league. So be very interesting to see how that turns out. Uh, right now, it's it's like kind of a wash. Four and a half point favorites are the are the Stallions. Minus one eighty nine odds, so it's kind of a wash betting wise. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see, but yeah, that'll be me on on Sunday for sure. Checking that out, cannot wait. I want to point out how surprising Case Cook is, has been as well too. Like he wasn't even supposed to be the guy for them as well too. He was kind of an afterthought, yeah. and suddenly he's been on an absolute tear. The only quarterback I've ever seen get kicked out of a game for targeting when he's in college. Just pointing awesome. that out. As well. I will never let that. I will never let that go as well too. So I look forward to that game as well too. That should be an absolute blast. I'm also going to mention, for the fans of Fisticuffs, it is quite the weekend coming up as well, too. So you have UFC 276, Israel Adesanya, arguably Kelsey's favorite fist fi- fighter as well, too. 100% UFC. my favorite fighter. Okay, 100%. Right I wasn't sure if there's still a little bit of debate, but it is over now as well, too. The style bender, the last style bender himself, 
take on Jared Cannonier, who at one point was knocking people out at heavyweight. That he has come a long ways from being a, in his words, a fat heavyweight to an elite athlete at <laughs> middleweight as well, too, with a different type of power, a different type of skill set. Trilogy fight, Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. Normally when someone wins two fights in a row, you don't see a third one. This is that one anomaly and well-deserved. And rising superstar Sean O'Malley getting his first big test, fighting the, a top 10 ranked fighter as well, too. Absolute doozy of a fight card. Should be fireworks for 4th of July. But there's a little something going on in all worlds of sports right now as well, too. Kelsey, do you think Israel Adesanya gets it done? Oh, I absolutely have to think he gets it done. 22-1, and one, you're going against Cannoneer. Obviously, Cannoneer 15-5 is different fighter than he once was, but it's still at the same time. He is still a can blast your face off if he wants to type of fighter. So, uh, but I do think Adesanya is, he's just, he's not called the style bender for no reason. That's uh, the best way I could describe it is that he is a tough guy to get a hold of. And when you, even if you get a hold of him, he's a tough guy to bring down. So we'll see what's, what's able to happen. But uh, I think Izzy pulls it out again and we get to see another Pokemon or hmm. super or, uh, or Dragon Ball. I don't know what reference we're going to see when in his celebration yet, but I think Izzy gets it done. I think he gets it done. I think he gets it done in a comfortable decision. I think it goes all five rounds because I don't think he's going to let Jared hit him. And I don't think he's going to finish Jared because Jared is the killer gorilla is his nickname for a reason. You don't just kill him. <laughs> but I think he picks him apart. I think he makes it look pretty easy as well, too. So I really look forward to that fight as well as the UFCFL championship it is a busy weekend for sports as well, too. And it's a great holiday weekend for that. But that will do it for us here. Happy Fourth of July weekend to everyone else as well. We appreciate you joining us and we will see you guys next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.